67% of respondents stated that stress from the job is negatively affecting their health. So when we look at those numbers, it's pretty easy to see why 42% of the respondents are looking to actually to get out of the fire service altogether. Welcome to the Firefighter Craftsmanship Podcast, where we give you real tools to train ultimate humor performance, both on and off the emergency scene. I'm your host, Kevin Housley. Let's get to it. Firefighter Craftsmanship Podcast is brought to you by BruteForceTraining.com. Enter the code FIREFIGHTERCRAFTSMANSHIP at checkout for 10% off your entire order. BruteForce Training provides unstable and odd object load training systems that are adaptable to meet whatever needs you want, and they will absolutely give you all that you can handle. Check out their new adaptive filler design, which allows customization down to five pound increments. This is a great option for ease of entry for yourself and your crew to get relevant odd object training that will help you perform on the emergency scene. So BruteForceTraining.com and enter the code FIREFIGHTERCRAFTSMANSHIP for a 10% off your entire cart. Welcome back to the Firefighter Craftsmanship Podcast, where we empower emergency responders to master stress resilience, foster a fulfilling career, and enrich your personal life. Today, we're going to talk about, since Christmas just passed and the holiday season is just coming to an end, what firefighters wanted in 2023. And this entire podcast is going to go off of the Fire Rescue One survey that came out um, with a series of articles to support it that summarize their second annual What Do Firefighters Want survey. And after reading a couple of these articles, I was, I was really surprised and really um, impressed at the questions that they asked, but also really surprised about what some of the data was that we got back from this. And, and really, the data is pretty telling, to be honest. Um, and some of the numbers are going to kind of surprise you or maybe not. So um, you can snag the full download um, of the series of articles and portions of that survey through the show notes if you're interested. But we're going to dive into some of the, the meat of these things and some of these statistics. So in this survey, almost 2,200 firefighters across the country, including all ranks, were surveyed for these data points that we're going to talk about. And the highest number of firefighters that responded were actually at the company officer level with 29% of them. When we look at years of service, we also had, you know, people that were kind of in the middle of their careers for the fire service um, or later in their career actually being the highest respondent. So respondents with 10 to 20 years in the fire service accounted for 29% of the total responses and 21 to 30 years accounted for 31% of the responses. So that's over 60% of respondents with 10 years plus in the game in the fire service. So why are we starting with this? Why is this important? Well, because it doesn't really support the, the constant yet completely incorrect narrative about generational gaps and new generations being lazy and all that sort of stuff. I'm not going to get on my soapbox on that. But I've seen new generation firefighters be lazy. I've seen mid-generation firefighters be lazy, and I've seen senior generation firefighters be lazy. I've also seen all three of those groups go out and absolutely crush it. So there's a lot of chatter about that, and there's just no, no data to support that any of that is actually true. So I think it's also important for us to start with saying that 95% of these 2,200 firefighters that responded stated that they felt positive about their contributions as a member of their organizations. So that stat might kind of surprise you where, 
you know, we hear a lot of chatter, especially now about people um, complaining that, you know, they're not pulling their weight or, or there's a very small group of us that are actually doing anything. And while some of that might be sometimes true, that good old 80-20 rule, 95% of these 2,200 firefighters felt positive about the impact that they had at their organizations. So let's get into the meat of the data in this survey specifically, because as you can probably guess, this episode isn't going to be all about how great everything is and rainbows and unicorns and let's all join hands and sing Kumbaya. That's certainly not what this is about. But we do have some great opportunities to make an impact on ourselves, our organizations, and ultimately the communities that we serve. So 46% of respondents have considered leaving their current department and 42% of respondents considered leaving the fire service altogether. The 42% talked about leaving the fire service altogether because of stress related to the job. That's a pretty staggering statistic. So if you take your department and you take how many uniform personnel you have and you multiply that by 42%, regardless of the size of your organization, it's going to have a massive impact. So almost half of the firefighters who responded have legitimately considered leaving not only their department, but the entire fire service altogether. How come? And the survey and the associated articles do a little bit of an okay job about this thing, but they didn't really cross the bridge of If you remember, I said 95% of the respondents felt that they had a positive impact on their organization and they positively contributed to their organization's mission and they felt positive about their contributions over the last year. So if we look at these like from a leadership or a psychology textbook specifically, we think, well, if we got happy people that are contributing um, and they're, you know, they're filling their cup up where they're contributing and they're making a difference, well, those people are going to stick around. And this survey here shows that that might not actually be the case. And do we have 42% of people leaving year over year from departments consistently? Absolutely not. And you'll hear that term of, well, the golden handcuffs of, you know, schedules as far as how many days do we work, even though we work a ton of hours all at once. Um, but we can plan things. We definitely get some good long chunks off with our family, depending on the department you work for and how mandatory overtimes are happening right now. Um, But we also, you know, a lot of our organizations have fantastic benefits and they have really, really good retirement programs. And so a lot of people feel that they have the golden handcuffs and they can't leave the fire service. And that's something that we need to address along the way as leaders in the fire service of, How do we empower people to come to work, crush it, be super successful, fill up their their, um, buckets for work as well as their personal health and well-being, and then be able to leave the career when it's appropriate for them, not solely because of the retirement aspect. So one of the biggest things that this this survey looked at and really um, highlighted was staffing challenges were the biggest issue. And so we see staffing challenges across the country and 94% of, of reported results um, had some sort of staffing issue. Now, this could be departments where you're getting mandoed multiple times. You know, we hear stories of people working eight to 11 days straight because of their regular shift hours, but then they're also getting mandatory. Um, 
that's not good. There's just no other way to put that. And we need to advise the communities that this is happening and they need to start figuring out ways to to fund different operations or fund so we have more people um, to help staff the rigs and run the calls. We know for a fact that excessive working hours with no relief is not good, not only on your mental health, but your physical health and everything in between. And those, those effects might affect you for years and years to come. It's not just, oh, I finally got a day off. I'm going to go home and go sleep. And now I'm good to go. That's just not how it works. And this podcast will unpack that and especially sleep and recovery a whole lot more here in the future. One huge thing that this study did report was, you know, some of the staffing challenges were actually that people were missing family and off-duty events that were pre-scheduled um, based around their shift work where they're getting called, hey, you have to stick around and you're getting mandoed today. Um, that has a tremendous psychological impact, let alone the physical implications of that as well. So stress, you know, stress was the next biggest uh, reported concern in the survey. 76% of firefighters rated their stress at a level of six to 10 with 48% of those of total um, respondents saying that their stress level was either a seven or an eight. So almost 50% of the 2,200 people that responded to this said that their daily stress level is either at a seven or at an eight. There's some serious implications for that. 47% of them said, Stress from the job negatively impacts relationships. So we hear it. Oh, hey, we have pretty high levels of divorce in the fire service and emergency services. Well, yeah, when 47% of us are saying out of 2,200, 47% are saying stress from my job is negatively impacting relationships. Yeah, divorce is going to be a, a byproduct of that, which is not great. 50% said it negatively impacts their ability to engage in non-work-related things like hobbies or vacations. So have you ever heard like, yeah, I know you're home, but you're not really here. Has anybody ever felt like that? 50% of you say that you have and that you consistently do from stress from the job. And the most glaring statistic really was a whopping 67% of respondents stated that stress from the job is negatively affecting their health. Whether it's sleep, they can't, so they don't get to sleep at work, but then they get mandoed, so they still don't get to sleep, and now they got to go home, and now they can't sleep. That affects their health. Or it's getting in the way of them being able to do physical activity, and so we can tie this back to both cancer and, for sure, cardiovascular risk. 67% of respondents stated that stress from the job is negatively affecting their health. So when we look at those numbers... It's pretty easy to see why 42% of the respondents are looking to actually to get out of the fire service altogether. Those are all pretty nasty doom and gloom numbers. So think about that again. If we have 42% of our organizations that potentially could leave, what's our mandatory overtime going to look like? How are we going to staff rigs in that scenario? How are you going to staff rigs in that scenario if only 20% of those people leave? It's going to have a huge impact, huge impact. And then there was the last kicker here where 32% of respondents stated that stress is negatively affecting the quality of service that they provide. So one third of the respondents, so if you run a, a department that doesn't have four shifts, one third, an entire shift of your fire department says 
That stress is negatively affecting how they provide service to the customers. And that could be the external customer. And I get it. We have the the regulars, the frequent flyers that call multiple times a day sometimes. And it's maybe at times hard to provide amazing customer service to them. But that wasn't broken out in this survey. They were just saying, hey, yeah, stress is negatively affecting my overall approach to the job. So what happens when we have that big call or we have a a firefighter that's in distress and we don't have people that are 100% engaged and all in mentally because of how stress is affecting them day in and day out and they can't disconnect from the job. They're so stressed that it's affecting how they sleep. They're so stressed that it's getting in the way of stress relieving activities like physical fitness. So how are we looking at combating this? As leaders in the fire service, as company officers, as firefighters, as battalion chiefs or chiefs of department, all of you have an impact. And we've talked about impact over influence, but all of you have an impact on these numbers. First off with yourself, but then with your crew, your battalion, your shift, and then potentially some of you even have an impact with the entire fire department and your communities overall with city councils and things like that. So do we actually have resources in-house that can address some of these things? Or are we contracting with companies that can actually address some of these things? And some of you might say, yeah, absolutely. We have have great mental health resources and and mental health programs um, that are available for our firefighters. It's just up to them for them to use it. So another facet of this survey that kind of addresses that is what is the typical solution? And they talk in here specifically about EAP and employee assistant programs and peer support. 72% of the 2,200 firefighters who responded to the survey knew how to access EAP, but only 35% of them trusted their EAP and felt that they could offer services and solutions that were confidential and actually helpful to their well-being. 67% of the overall respondents knew how to access peer support. And 38% of them felt that peer support teams were well-trained. That means that 68% of the respondents didn't feel that their peer support teams were well-trained, that they could actually help them with things like stress mitigation. And I'm not going to sit here and bash on uh, EAP or peer support programs. I think that that's an amazing piece of the overall framework of what we need to be doing for mental health and mental fitness. But unfortunately, a lot of our departments and organizations and communities, that's the only thing that's being offered is either EAP through our insurance provider um, or peer support or a combination of those two things. And that's it. There's got to be more. And so EAP, peer support, amazing programs. And I received a message from a couple of you listeners since this podcast was launched, and I really appreciate the feedback and the positive comments or or ideas for future topics. So please keep those coming in. And this listener specifically said, thank you for talking about other options. I like peer support and I use our condition on a consistent basis, but there is so much more out there than just talk therapy and only reacting to what has already happened. And so us at Firefighter Craftsmanship, we certainly have some some programs that we've put out there or we're willing to come teach classes in relation to resilience training, mental fitness, mental toughness training. How do we get our firefighters more resilient to stress, give them tools and protocols and strategies on how to deal with stress? Um, There's organizations like Yoga for First Responders that are also doing the same thing. And 
so I think when we look at this and we can maybe combine a bunch of these different tentacles and different cogs in the wheel and we put them all together in a nice cohesive mental fitness program, um, now we can really start to gain some traction and we can hopefully start to reduce some of these alarming numbers. Like 67% of people saying that stress from the job is negatively affecting their health. There are processes and programs that are available out there, tons of them. We just have to commit to not only funding peer support and EAP um, and clinician programs, but funding them and also funding some of these other things. So where do we go from here? And this isn't all doom and gloom because again, we get to control our own narrative. We get to write our own story. We get to decide what um, things we do, what things we don't do. We don't get to decide who calls 911, what time they call that, or when the dispatcher sends us out the door on a run. But we do get to control all of those things on how do we respond to those calls? Am I mentally resilient? Am I physically fit and ready for that sort of, of work? Am I able to use my vacation hours and de-stress and disconnect from work? There's a lot of things that we actually can control. So it's definitely not all doom and gloom. So the next few episodes are going to be dedicated specifically to providing actionable tools to help address some of these issues. We're not going to tough, touch the staffing challenges thing. That's just not what we're going to get into here at Firefighter Craftsmanship. We're instead going to focus on things that you can actually control and, and provide some resources for you that your department can utilize or you can utilize personally to make yourself more resilient and empower yourself to have that fulfilling career and enrich your personal life. So future episodes are going to get into, um, we're going to unpack the role of the company officer because this survey has an entire section dedicated to supervisors, impact of supervisors on stress, the supervisor's internal stress from themselves and how that impacts the rest of their crew and how supervisors are able to mitigate stress for everybody else around them. We're also going to bring on some guests that are going to provide some systems and tools that they are using today. Um, they're going to be some thought leaders in this space and we're going to really unpack, all right, well, how do I do this based on uh, where I currently sit in my fire department? We're also going to provide other simple tools to use and simple to implement strategies to help you crush it at work and off work. And throughout this whole thing, we're gonna unpack some of the modules and tools that are available within the Presilience or the Emergency Scene course, which is offered by us here at Firefighter Craftsmanship. And it was intentionally created to help empower you to master stress resilience before you think you might need it. Yes, these things that are in this class are gonna help you on 911 calls and emergency responses from the benign all the way up to the absolutely extreme. But there's also a big chunk of that course that's specifically slated to off the job and how to detach from the job and put away stress and positively deal with um, healthy, healthy ways to get rid of and deal with stress and be more resilient to stress coming up. So the takeaway resource for today is, again, you can check out the Fire Rescue One survey, which is linked in the show notes. And there's four different articles that are attached to that. Um, so there will be a link in there and uh, awesome work by the folks over at Fire Rescue One at putting some of this out here for us to have these conversations. Again, a takeaway resource is awareness is foundational. You're going to hear us say that a lot at Firefighter Craftsmanship. Awareness is foundational. So whether we're a probie and we're listening to this and we're looking at these stats, well, now we're aware of maybe why some of those conversations are happening in the firehouse or why it seems like people are really frustrated. 
If we're a company officer, well, now I'm aware that this is happening, or maybe I feel this way, and I understand I'm not alone, which is really good to know. So how do we make it a positive outcome? If we're a chief of department, I hope that uh, you've seen these numbers before, but if not, now you do. And so unpack these things and figure out where your workforce specifically falls in this and things that you can do to help ease the burden from them. We're going to continue to build routines that are healthy, right? So just continue to build your routines with healthy in relation to sleep, nutrition, hydration, and quiet time without technology. So are you just vegging out till two, three in the morning watching Netflix, right? It's probably a better idea to put that phone away, put it on airplane mode, plug it in, not next to your bed, um, especially when you're at home. Put it away, go to sleep, get some good restorative sleep. And then, of course, again, another plug for the Presilience for the Emergency Scene class. This class was developed over years worth of work and formal education to help empower you to be resilient to stress and to build quality relationships to deal um, with, with healthy protocols and, and healthy implementations that are sustainable over the long period of time. So keep your head up. Let's finish the year strong. I hope everybody had an amazing holiday season. We're almost through it into the new year. Um, thank you so much for the support for the Firefighter Craftsmanship Podcast and everything that we're trying to do. Please continue to rate, review, and follow the show so you don't ever miss one of these weekly episodes. And we really appreciate all of you that have shared the show on our behalf. So again, in celebration of this podcast, finally becoming a reality, we're offering 25% off our most popular self-paced course, Presilience. Thank you for listening to the Firefighter Craftsmanship Podcast. You can get all those details over at firefightercraftsmanship.com. You can find more information on our webpage at firefightercraftsmanship.com. Including all the classes that we offer. And there's plenty of free resources and training on the site as well. If you're interested in bulk pricing discounts, on social media, including Instagram and Facebook. Through firefighter to have a conversation and figure out how we can help we you can achieve your goals. How we can empower Stay smart. organization to provide this sort of training to every single person. So get out there, keep serving your communities, keep taking care of yourselves, take care of one another, and stay smart.